0: Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by the one and only Noah Magarro-George, a writer and editor for Pounding the Rock. Noah, it's always a pleasure to have you on the Two Shots Podcast. How are you? Today?
1: <laughs> I'm great. I'm excited to talk Spurs
0: basketball with you. Always have a good time,
1: you know, getting on the podcast with you. So can't wait to get started.
0: Yeah, so we have some news, man. I feel like like such an idiot now because I recently <laughs> did locked on Spurs yesterday. I recorded, you know, with Jeff Garcia, and we were talking about the San Antonio Spurs, and the Milwaukee Bucks, and me, you know, getting my giving. He's like, "Hey, what do you think the Spurs are going to beat the Bucks?" And I'm like, "No, there's no chance that they're going to beat the Bucks with Giannis. You know, they don't have an answer for him." And now we get word that a lot of people are going to be missing the game. <laughs> Now the content is quite dated. I've got like egg on my face, feeling like a fool. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell us who's not going to be available for tonight's game, Noah? Sure. Yeah. So obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo is not going to be available.
1: Neither are their other all-stars, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Pat, Pat Connaughton is also going to be out. I think Joe Ingles is also going to be out, but he's you know still recovering from surgery. So I think they have a lot of their main players out, including all of their all-stars, which means it's going to be the Javon Carter show for the Bucks. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Maybe the Spurs come out and, and absolutely blow them out of the water. Maybe it's competitive and they play down to their competition. But that's a lot of marquee names not participating in this matchup.
0: Yeah, it's basically a skeleton crew out there. They're just putting bodies <laughs> out there on the court, you know, and... I mean, everybody except for the the ball boy is going to be seeing some minutes tonight. And the Spurs, you know, they they are looking like they might have a chance tonight. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure people are going to listen to that that episode I recorded with Jeff and have something to say to me and say how foolish <laughs> I was. And I'm like, well, go ahead and give it to me because I, I deserve it. I mean, it was recorded previously before we knew the updated injury, you know, report. So it is what it is. But I'm going to be at the game with my good buddy Jonas Clark. So... We might be able to see a win, so I'm excited about that, Noah. Um, In other news, too, we uh, got word that Zach Collins, you know, has a non-displaced fracture of his fibula. It's an injury he suffered against the Los Angeles Clippers, Uh, and they're saying that it could be anywhere from two to four weeks, and the team will release, you know, updates as appropriate. That's their new phrase now, as appropriate, (laughs) you know, so whatever that means, but... They're going to be without Zach, Zach Collins now, you know. So we're going to get into that and what that means for the the backup center position. And the word of the on the street yesterday, everybody was talking about this. Noah, it was the finally the 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 official the official release of the San Antonio Spurs City Edition jerseys. And to no one's surprise, I mean, it was the worst kept secret in the NBA. Yep. Yes, going back <laughs> with the nineteen ninety six. NBA All Star retro jersey, you know, the throwback, the only NBA game, an All Star game that was held here in San Antonio, never to return. Hopefully that can change. But it looked great. The only thing that I can gripe about, Noah, where's the jalapeno, man? I want to see the jalapeno on the jersey somewhere. No, the pepper, it wasn't there.
1: That was like one of the main things that made those 1996 All Star jerseys so special. It wasn't there. So, I agree. I think that's a little disappointing. But outside of that, I mean, can you really complain? It looks clean. Uh, they they went ahead and, you know, got those. I, what I really like, and you're showing it right now, but the, like, side paneling, I don't know if people can see it from there, but the Fiesta sort of uh, tribal side pattern on the side, I think that's gorgeous. And then you have those, you know, the the side, you know, around the jerseys. I don't even know what you would call those. The fringes, the one that's pink and the other one that's orange. I just think it looks really clean. Everything looks really good. You know, the pepper's missing, but outside of that, I think they look really good. i put it number two behind the original Fiesta jersey, that black Fiesta jersey they had the first year.
0: Yeah, you know, and my my favorite, I'm going to have to put it in order like this. And my favorite isn't, you know, with the Fiesta colored jerseys. It's with the throwback that they released this season. The iconic, are clean. You know, from way back when, the George Gervinesque jersey (laughs) it simply says san antonio it's so classic it's stylish and it's just a clean look you know i mean it's silver and black i love it you know and i'm gonna probably buy one of those but this right here the city edition jersey it's gonna be my favorite as far as the the fiesta uh, editions and unfortunately noah the spurs did say this is the end of the trilogy they are not going to be making any more spurs uh, themed fiesta jerseys moving forward but you know what i think that leaves the door open to how you want to interpret that you know and i think that means that they can go ahead and make (laughs) other renditions of you know something that's you know kind of has the flavor of san antonio and something that the fans might still like maybe getting away from the fiesta colors a little bit i get why they might want to say that at the end of the trilogy but I know we have a lot of great artists here that can make some, some good graphics moving forward. You in particular can go ahead and design something <laughs> I think the fans would like. Noah, what do you think about the end of the trilogy?
1: It is a little, I think, maybe not disappointing is the right word, but I'm a little bit surprised because they've just done so well. They sell out like that. I mean, the one thing that I'm really hoping they don't do, and I'm this is sort of tongue-in-cheek, but I'm hoping they don't go back to those camo jerseys. That's oh, kind of that's kind of the one thing that I'm hoping that they don't go, you know what, we got to get back to military town USA roots, get some more camo jerseys. And I also don't want to see them experiment with those holographic jerseys. Do you remember those from the early 2000s? I think the Spurs got one, the Mavericks got one, the Kings got one. They just didn't look good. They all played one game in them and then they never played in them again. So I don't know where they go from here. But like you said, they're opening the door just so long as they don't do another camo jersey. And that's no disrespect to the, you know, Arm of Services. I, I definitely appreciate everybody who served our country. But that design does not look good on a basketball jersey. I'm sorry. This, design is
0: good. this logo that they have. Yes. The logo,
1: That is good. amazing. Yeah. I love that. And it's on the waistband of those jerseys. Oh, that's a really, really nice little watermark that they have. I love it
0: it's so much better than that other hideous looking uh, logo that they had with the little ball remember that one?
1: Oh yeah that was bad I, what did they get rid of that like a year after they put it in it just didn't look good
0: it looks awful <laughs> and i still see it floating around here and there i'm like just retire that i mean even the coyote got into it yesterday you know sporting out all the new you know, city edition jerseys and there you go you can see the the close-ups of the jerseys really look good that's really around. good there's the waistline you know that's that's really nice. And they did they did some good stuff there. I like that. And I, let's see, take a look at the court. The court, again, I'm like, wow, they really went all in with this. This is going to be something special for the fans now on Fiesta theme nights. You know, before it was just the three little Fiesta colored stripes in the middle of the court. Okay, you know, and they had the Fiesta theme coloring throughout the arena. But I like this. I mean, it, it really ties everything together, you know. And again, if this is the end of the trilogy, it's like, you were just gaining some momentum here, some steam, you know, and the fans were excited about this. And now you're going to, you're going to take it away from them. You're, you're breaking our hearts. You know, the only uh, thing that I can look forward to know is going to be the Alamo Dome uh, game. And hopefully they bring back the iconic court. I mean, that's what we loved when we, when, you know, people my age would go and see the, the game at the Alamo Dome. The court is the one thing that really stood out at you. What do you think they'll bring in the, the Alamo Dome court for one last hurrah, or are just going to be like, nah, just something generic?
1: I hope so, but I kind of feel like they're going to go with the Fiesta court that they're showing. I know that they released the Fiesta schedule, or at least the Fiesta jersey schedule. I didn't actually pay attention whether or not the Alamo Dome game was on there, but if it is, I think we'll see the Fiesta jerseys. I think we'll see the Fiesta court. So I don't know. It'd be cool to see them bring back the original Alamo Dome court, but... Yeah, I think they're probably going to stick to the designs they have unless they've got a really special surprise, which would be really cool. Like, I hope they do something like that, but kind of feel like they're going to go with the Fiesta Court that they have this year, which is OK, because I think it looks really, really good. I think it is a really nice tribute to that 99, uh, 96 All-Star game, rather.
0: Yeah, so well, we'll have to see what happens, but that's the the quick Spurs news that we had, you know, to go ahead and update the fans of. What's going on in the Spurs world so as we start moving to our next topic here, we're going to talk about Zach Collins, and we know that Zach Collins is injured, and it's going to affect the Spurs backup center position, you know, and who do we got? You know, I mean, there's, there's, we're really thin. And of course, you know, we have your, your favorite spur right now, which is Gorgie Dang. I know you like to see, you love some Gorgie Dang. Every time I see him on the court, I'm like, I know Noah's over there. Just like, get him off the court ASAP. So what do you got for us?
1: You know, Gorgie Jing, like, I, we've talked about him before. It's fine if he gets on the court because I think, obviously, he understands the system. He's a great veteran. He's got a really high feel for the game, great IQ. He makes good passes. He's a good rebounder. He can spread the floor. But I'd rather see someone like Charles Bassey. And you know what? It looks like Greg Popovich feels the same exact way. He's played Charles Bassey a lot the last game. He got in garbage time in that Nuggets and Raptors blowouts, but he actually got real minutes against the Memphis Grizzlies, who are a real playoff team, and he looked really good, Joe, did he not? I mean, he was out there hustling. He just looked very energetic. He made an impact in the minutes he was out there. So I think he's going to get the call, but, you know, as far as the Zach Collins news, it's just it's really unfortunate, right? I mean, he was playing some of the best basketball we've seen since he's come back. There's already been so many injury complications in his career, and so you hope. I mean, it is that same left leg that he had had multiple yeah. operations on, but you just hope he comes back and you know picks back up where he left off because he was playing really well. And I think he was part of the reason the Spurs surprised people because they had a legitimate backup center. There wasn't that big of a drop off between Jakob to Collins this year, yeah. so. Tough, but great opportunity for Charles Bassie. I'm really excited, and I, honestly, I'd love to see what you think about him because I'm in love with him. I made a film study on my YouTube channel, but <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of people are gonna like this guy.
0: No, I was impressed with Charles, you know, Bassie, and I think you know, in his limited minutes that he had in his first outing, he was impactful. He looked really good, and I think not only the Spurs fan took notice, but so did the coaching staff. So did Coach Pop. <laughs> you know, they're like, "Hey, who knew the guy was? He's pretty good." You know. You know, so I, I like what I saw out of the kid. You know, the only problem is that he got in foul trouble and that kind of sidelined him, you know. But again, I mean you you are gonna learn, you know, as you start getting used to the Spurs system, um, and finding your your way, you know, and, and your your path out there on the court. But you know, Zach Collins though, I mean, that was disheartening news to to see that he got yeah, hurt, right. that he got injured, because he was uh finally looking like himself because he was still recovering from injury last season. It still takes you, sometimes it takes you a full year after that to start getting back into your rhythm, or it can even take you two seasons after that to really get back to where you were before, prior to the injury. And he was actually really good in the limited, you know, minutes that he had coming off the bench. He was a solid piece. He was shooting the ball well, doing a lot of the little things out there that you like to see on the court from your backup center, you know, and You just feel bad for the guy. You know, it's like got to start over from the rehab again. And he just was just uh, in an interview. I remember him talking uh, earlier this season how he was saying how hard it was with the rehab and whatnot to get back to form. And he was so excited to get back out there on the court with everybody and start really playing another full season of basketball. And then he gets injured again and out for two to four weeks and probably going to rehab and have to, you know, something he's going to have to contend with for the rest of the season. But what do you think this says about his durability moving forward? I mean, he's just seems that he's just riddled with injury. He can't just play a full season healthy.
1: Yeah, it just seems like he can't seem to stay healthy. And I'm really rooting for him, obviously, as someone who covers the team. You want to see everybody be out there, be healthy. And if you're a fan, you know, they paid a lot of money to have him out there. You want to see him available. He's played well. And it is just tough. You know, I I think it does speak to just – kind of how injury prone he has been since coming into the NBA you know he had you know Nixon bruises last year even when he was recovering from you know all those surgeries and the botch surgery and the long rehab process so you hope that this time around this is you know a freak accident but just with his injury history it feels more like the norm than some sort of anomaly so you know I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that's not the case but you know the history again with his injuries it just doesn't look good, but I'm, you know, again, really hoping that he does stay on the court because he is a good player and, you know, he's still very young and he has plenty of time to prove that, you know, this is just speed bump at the beginning of his career and hopefully it's a long career for him.
0: Yeah, I hope so, too. He's a he's a great uh, teammate to have, you know, on, on your team and on your on even on the sideline you know, he gets all excited when his teammates are doing well. He's encouraging them. You know, you like to see somebody like that, you know, always enthusiastic for everybody else's success, you know, and you just can't say enough good things about him. He's just an overall nice guy, great teammate. Hopefully he comes back even better, you know, after this injury and he can, you know, get get in his groove again, because I'd hate to see him just have his NBA career shortened because of injury. I mean, it's part of the game. Things do happen, but all you can do is just keep on, um, you know, putting your best foot forward. So hope we're, we're wishing for a speedy recovery for Zach Collins. And now we're going to go ahead and talk about, are we seeing the reemergence of the beautiful game here in San Antonio, Noah? And I had we had talked about that, I think, the last time I had you on my show. And I had been talking about that to some of the other uh, Project Spurs alum uh, that I, I talk with here in the Slack uh, quite often. But here's a, you know, a quick snippet of, your article that's out there right now. And you put, you know, it's entitled what we learned from the Spurs lost to the Grizzlies. So if you all want to go ahead and check it out and look for all the goodies that Noah has to offer here, make sure you go and check that out at Pounding the Rock. Um, But you were talking specifically about how well the Spurs are sharing the ball right now. And they're at the top of the league right now when it comes to assist at 29.9 assists per game. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, what you were highlighting in your article.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I talked about was, you know, this is maybe not the exact same rendition of the beautiful basketball Spurs that we saw in 2014 that won a title that, you know, they moved the ball effortlessly and they led the league in assists and they had a bunch of really creative passers and guys who could see the floor at an elite level. So maybe they don't have that, right? And they don't have... Kawhi or Tony or Timmy or Boris Diaw or Manu, right? They don't have those guys. But what they are doing is they're getting back to those roots. You know, they're passing the ball. They're top five in the league in passes made per game. They're top of the league in potential assists per game. They're top of the league in assists per game. They're top of the league in handoffs per game. They're top of the league in cuts per game. So... You look at this read and react motion-based offense that Greg Popovich has installed. And, you know, they're spreading the wealth in terms of touches. There's a bunch of guys who are getting 60-ish touches per game, including Trey Jones, Yaka Pertle, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and all these guys. They're not the ball isn't sticking in their hand. You know, they there's not a lot of dribbling. They're not pounding the air out of the ball. They're not going side to side, but what they are doing is they're sharing it, they're cutting, they're constantly relocating, they're constantly setting screens, they're running through the middle of the paint, they're spacing the floor, and it's been a joy to watch. You know, They don't have a DeJounte Murray-level player, they don't have a superstar-level player, but they have a bunch of guys who understand the system, who've bought into the system, and I think that this style of basketball, while it may not be the sexiest basketball to the average basketball fan— I think it's the exact kind of basketball, Joe, that this team needs to succeed. So I've been very happy with it. I think it's been very entertaining. And we saw some of that beautiful basketball against the Grizzlies on more than a handful of possessions. So I'm happy to see them getting back to those roots.
0: Yeah, you know, getting back to the fundamentals, if you will, of of the game itself. (laughs) What is San Antonio Spurs basketball? It's never been like, you know, flashy basketball. It's just you go out there, you play great, with the 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 assets that you have out there on the court, you know, and and the and let's say in the days before, you know, they had the Monty <laughs> and the Tim Duncans and the Tony Parkers, it was just David Robinson, you know, and the you know a, a slew of of pieces out there on the court, and you know the Spurs had a lot of heartache back then as well. But then when they drafted one Tim Duncan, things became a little bit you know more conducive to winning a championship because you had another. A player that was very prolific and could take over games that's one of the things that the spurs are really missing right now and and right now what we're seeing is a lot of inexperience out there on the court because this is a very young team you know and our our good friend paul garcia had mentioned one stat in particular uh the minnesota i'm sorry the memphis grizzlies were four and two when it came to crunch time situations meaning winning close games in that fourth quarter when it was all out there on the line Really close games, maybe up by one point, down by one pointer, and you find a way to win that game. They were 4-2. San Antonio Spurs entered that matchup with the Memphis (laughs) Grizzlies. Going into overtime, they were 2-2. After the loss to the Grizzlies, they are now 2-3 in crunch time situations. So I think that little stat right there goes to show you how important experience is. And I keep telling Spurs fans, it's going to hurt. You know, you're going to have close games that this team is going to lose. And they fought back valiantly, you know, to go ahead and almost have that game in the palm of their hands. It came down to the last shot. It just didn't fall for Devin Vassell. Things like that do happen. But you have to go through these heartbreaking losses in order to get better. And I'm sure that as this team gains more and more experience we're going to see them you know be competitive out there they've been competitive you know it's just that sometimes some of the other teams just have more firepower and more experience and it shows especially in that crunch crunch time situation so what do you have to tell Spurs fans of this young team you know when it comes to the growth I mean what what do you what do you want to impart uh to the Spurs fans you know for them to be patient with this young team this season
1: I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Just be patient with them. I mean, they don't... Again, we talked about it a second ago. They don't have a guy like Jimmy Butler or Luka Doncic or Giannis Antetokounmpo or Trey Young, right? They don't have one of those guys who you can give them the ball at the end of the game against a set defense when the game has slowed down and now it's, you know, you against me. And maybe you're running a set that has, you know, guys setting screens to get that star player open or superstar open for a shot, but... They don't have one of those guys. So you look at the shot that Devin Vassell took at that end of the game. He didn't create that look himself, right? He was coming off of a screen. He wasn't even the first guy that play was designed for. He was a secondary option on that set. And so you look at it, and that is really tough, right? That that motion-based offense, the read and react, the constant movement, all the screens, all the dribble handoffs, all the players you know, trading spaces on the court. That's fine, right? That that's fine and dandy when you're playing in the natural flow of a game. But when that game slows down, it's a lot easier to defend, especially coming out of a timeout, right? Teams have a chance to assess the situation; they have time to identify who the, those you know plays might be run for. And so, I you know I, I don't think it matters that much that Vassell missed it. He could have very well made it, and it's a completely different story. But I think patience, like you mentioned, is just the key to this team. They're very young. They don't necessarily have a go-to superstar player. And, you know, they're not always going to have the experience to beat out teams who have been in this situation, not even just this season, but with each other for years and years and years. And they've built up the chemistry and they have that synergy. And, you know, the Spurs are still learning how to do that. So, you know, wins, losses, I think it's been incredibly encouraging that they fought every single game. I mean, I know that there have been a few huge blowouts, but even in those blowouts, it never looks like they give up, right? It looks like they've always got their foot on the gas. So I'm very proud of what I've seen from the Spurs this season. And I think they should hold their heads high. And Popovich has been happy with them as well. So if I'm a fan, just be patient and and enjoy the process. Cause it may not be as long as we thought, you know, especially with how well Devin and Keldon have played this season.
0: Yeah, you know, they still get in trouble here and there. And I saw that, especially in that overtime period, you know, one of the things that they 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 were lapsing on a little bit is that full. Court coverage as far as their defensive intensity goes, you know, when they finally started picking that up, they, they caught themselves that hey, we were down, you know, by a couple points here, four or five points, and they started picking up the defensive intensity and it, immediately that paid dividends for them because they started getting baskets, you know, they started putting them <laughs> on their heels, so to speak, you know, and started making them play an honest game instead of just letting them do the ISO ball, you know, and just have John Morant just do his thing. Cause let's be honest, it's hard to stop that guy. No matter, no matter what <laughs> team you have in front of you, you know, yeah. wh- what players you have out there on the court, it's hard to stop him. He's just a superstar, you know, a really special player. But when the Spurs start picking up that defensive intensity, especially during the crunch time period and, and overtime, they showed some life, you know, and they even had two quick points you know, that they scored back-to-back buckets, you know, even though the shot clock was an issue. We're not going <laughs> to mention that here. We get the hometown call, you know. So it's happened to us, you know, the .4 back in the, when the Lakers won, you know, with the uh, – Oh, Eric. no.
1: Yeah. yeah. Don't That's
0: bring that true. up. Yeah. I'm <laughs> saying. We were do a solid. But either way, the Spurs just show that they have little lapses like that. Again, it's inexperience. And I, I fully expect them to kind of rectify those little issues as the season – wanes on and you know and it might not translate to a lot of wins per se but like we both said look for the growth of the players you just can't be so critical and like oh we're losing we're we're no good the spurs suck you know what that's what you guys want you want a top pick that's what's going to happen you got to lose some games you know but as long as you see growth there's a positive so we're moving on now and we're going to go ahead and start talking about the spurs and what their schedule looks like noah for the week that is coming up and I got to say, you know, on paper, I was like, oh, man, we're got we going to start right now. We're going to say on Friday, which is today, where the Spurs are going to wind up playing the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, I'm going to be there at that game. And the way that it looks like, the Spurs are going to have a legitimate shot to win this game. Then they go and play the Warriors on Monday, November the 14th. And the Warriors aren't the team that they once were. You know, (laughs) their record isn't very good. In fact, the Spurs are better than the Warriors when you look at their record on paper. Then you have the the trailblazers, you know, the Portland Trailblazers. And right now they're sitting pretty at second in the Western Conference. I mean, they're not a a team that's that's gonna be easy to for the San Antonio Spurs to beat, you know, especially with Damian Lillard on there, on their squad. Then you have the Kings against the the Kings, they're they actually are a little bit better than the the Warriors were. I think the the Warriors had a a hard time going up against the, the Kings. Uh, they they barely won by three points. It was 116 to 113 in their last outing on November the 7th. So, again, the Kings are kind of showing that, hey, they got a little bit of life in them too. And then the San Antonio Spurs are going to play the Clippers on Saturday, November the 19th, and they end the week against the Lakers on the 20th, you know? So there's some games there that the Spurs can actually win, and I think that they can beat the Bucs, and I think if this team does play – up to their potential, they can actually surprise the Warriors. Now, beating somebody like the, the Blazers might be a tall order for them or even the Clippers just because of the amount of, of star power that the Clippers have and firepower. Uh, I think the the inexperience will rear its ugly head, but I think there's some winnable games here, even the, the Kings. So, I mean, you look at it and in this five games that the Spurs have coming up, they could literally go three and two, which would not be too bad for this young Spurs squad. What are you thinking, Noah?
1: I think it's really tough. And one of the things I actually did want to point out, because I've been dissecting the schedule, I have league pass, I've been trying to watch as many basketball games as possible, I've been sifting through the stats, and the Spurs have really struggled against teams that are ideologically similar to them, right? Teams that move the ball a lot, that have a lot of off-ball movement, that are setting a ton of screens, that are constantly cutting, that are pushing the pace. And Joe, a lot of the teams that they're playing here, the Kings excellent at sharing the ball. They may have a, you know, DeMontis Sabonis. They may have a De'Aaron Fox, but they are really good at sharing the ball. It's not just the you know, two-man show. It's a team effort for them. You know, same thing with the Pacers, right? We saw them earlier in the year play that Pacers team. They struggled to close it out. You know, some of that is because of the, you know, hack a but a lot of that was because of the way that the Pacers play. And again, the Warriors... They're one of the best teams in the NBA in terms of passes per game, in terms of assists per game, in terms of shooting the three balls. So I think while they probably have a chance to win most of these games, I would say it might be a little bit of a struggle, especially when they come up against teams that have a similar offensive philosophy that they do, especially considering the Spurs have been one of the worst defenses in the NBA, if not the worst defense in the league this season. So I I like their chances against Milwaukee tonight, especially against a shorthanded team. You have a chance to win at home in that five-game losing streak. But really, I think the only other game that I would say you could probably mark that down as a win is the Lakers game because LeBron is out. We don't really know how long he's going to be gone. Uh, Anthony Davis, while he's healthy now, and obviously, knock on wood, I don't mean this as a bad thing. I'm not trying to send a bad omen his way, but... You never know when the guy's going to be injured. I mean, he's constantly on the injury report. He's constantly, you know, on the ground, constantly holding his knee or his elbow or his shoulder, whatever it is. He's made of glass, so we don't know if he's going to be there. And we love Lonnie. He's had a decent season with the Lakers, but there's not a lot of depth on that team. So I would say they're going to play the Lakers. They're probably going to win against the Lakers. Just, I mean, I I have no faith in that Lakers team. They have been hot garbage. They have been bad really bad. So, you know, I think the Spurs walk away. I'll give them two and three in the next five, but very easily, like you said, they could go three and two if they play up to their potential, if teams are, you know, not ready to face them. Cause we've seen that right when the Spurs were really good. Sometimes when a bad team would come to town, you get a little cocky, you're not ready for them. You underestimate them and then they surprise you. And I think the Spurs have done that a handful of times this season. So maybe they go three and two, but I think more than likely it's looking two and three.
0: Well, I can respect that. I'm still going for three <laughs> and two, <laughs> just because I want them to win, you know. Um, but look at let's let's look at some of the the stats for the San Antonio Spurs team this season, you know. And this is per Basketball Reference, and it's just like you, we, and you had said, you know, despite them going on that little win streak that they had, they were still the numbers didn't lie, and they were still showing that this Spurs team is just middle of the road team, you know. The only thing that they are uh, one of the top teams in the league, and it, it right now is on pace you know pace their fifth out of 30 teams in the nba you know and then you're looking at their offensive rating they're 20th out of 30 teams their net rating 27th out of 30 teams you know so it's like okay you know and then their srs rating 29 out of 30 teams you know and for those don't that don't know what the srs rating is i'm gonna go ahead and show you right here because people just like well what does that mean to me it, it's a simple rating system it takes into account kind of the team's analytical information and kind of compiles that and says this is where the team is currently at right now you know and once you kind of like an average after you factor in all the the other analytical stats here this is basically what you have on paper from one San Antonio Spurs and I mean the numbers don't lie, Noah. <laughs> that's that's the current uh, trajectory for the San Antonio Spurs. I think moving forward for the rest of the season, they are going to be one of those kind of middle of the road teams. You know, they're going to be quick and young and athletic out there in the open court. But when you get into that half court set, you know, that half court situation where it gets really tough to score and, and teams really put the pressure on them, you're going to see that the numbers don't lie. You know, so it is what it is moving forward. You know, so. As we start bringing things here to a close, we're bringing it, We're coming up to our last two segments here. This is going to be something fun for you, Noah. We're going to start <laughs> talking about the Spurs Spotify playlist that I made. It's the Spurs Twitter Spotify <laughs> playlist. And the, the list is growing. I'm going to put it out there uh, after we release this episode. What songs or song would you like to add to the playlist that reminds you of the San Antonio Spurs, whether you're at home watching the game at the arena or you might just be hanging out with family having a backyard barbecue and watching the game. What song or songs immediately call San Antonio Spurs basketball to you when you hear them?
1: So the, f- the first ones that come to mind, and this is really like a childhood memory sort of thing. I don't think they do this anymore. I, I, I don't really pay attention when I do get a chance to go to the games. But the first one that comes to mind is that jennifer lopez song you know let's get loud you know that one?
0: Oh yes yeah, that, I know that
1: one that one always played well i think when it was still called the sbc center every yeah. game that was like every break you heard that song and then i don't remember the name of the song i think it is the yin yang twins but the the one that they used to play right as the tip-off was happening you know you have tim duncan hugging the ball the bomb bomb bum. You know what I'm talking about? So I don't know the name of that song. That's why I sang it really bad. But uh, Those are the two (laughs) songs that come to mind immediately when I think of it. So I'd love to add those to the Spurs playlist if they're not already on there. But that just brings back really good memories of my childhood, going to the game with my parents, going to the game with friends. Um, Just it was always a really fun time. And, you know, it still is a great time to go to a Spurs game. Doesn't matter about their record. It's been a lot of fun watching them play basketball.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you're going to probably make a a game or two this (laughs) evening. You'll probably go to the Fiesta night so you can wear your really nice uh, City Edition jersey, probably, right, Manoa?
1: (laughs) I sure hope so. I mean, I'm still, honestly, Joe, I am still trying to figure out what do I do about the Fiesta jersey from last year. Uh, You know, obviously, I can't wear that one for reasons that I'm sure everybody already knows. It has a certain player on it. So I am going to try to get one this year. I'm hoping to get a Sohan jersey, but we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe a Christmas present, maybe a birthday present. My birthday's like right before Christmas, so maybe I get a little bit of both. So we'll see. But I definitely want to go to a game this season just as a fan. Because, you know, I cover this team as, as a part of the media. But being able to go to a game as a fan is just uh, a different experience. And it, it yeah. really is a lot more fun. You just get to let loose, you know, root for the team. You know, the stats don't matter. Uh, mm. Superstars don't matter. Wins, loss doesn't matter. You're just out there having fun. So I hope I can get out to a game this season just as a fan.
0: Yeah, as long as you don't have Ty Jager next to you, because you get <laughs> two, three beers in Ty, man, he gets i fur, dude. Like it's, crazy. you know, it's like candy.
1: It's like candy for him.
0: He does, dude, he's like doing the guns and everything. <laughs> you know, like damn, Ty. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, though. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to going tonight and seeing, you know, the arena and just experiencing that, as you said, from a, a fan perspective, because all of us during game days during the regular season. I'm creating clips and doing my thing. You're doing your thing. Ty's doing his thing. Everybody else is doing their thing as far as trying to give some type of coverage and all that. And you watch the game, but you're not really enjoying the game because you're just not doing nothing, but, you know, letting loose exactly. beer, you know? So that's rare when we get to do that. So believe me, we, we like to have some fun out there. You know, I'm probably going to be hitting up Burger Tech out there, you know, like Gloria and all that indulging a little bit of the, uh, frivolity you know (laughs) (laughs) and having fun so it's going to be a good night and as we start bringing this whole thing to a close we do have some notes uh, that we want to kind of bring to everybody here for the entertainment news that's gonna be dropping you know this this week and the big one was Wakanda forever and you know the thing is Noah I was so disappointed because my son's birthday just recently passed on the ninth right so I'm like Okay, you know, I knew Wakanda Forever was going to be coming up and his birthday was on Wednesday. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, I get a, an email from, from this marketing firm that always, you know, invites me to go and check out movies as, as a member of the media or whatever, because I review movies and whatnot. And long story short, they're like, hey, we got passes and you can come. We're inviting you to see Wakanda Forever, you know, over at the the River Center Mall. And, you know, you don't have to wait in line. You just go and sign the paper and you get to sit down. And they give you, like, goodie bags and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I try to convince my son, hey, do you want to go see the movie? And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, damn. I had to to go ahead and pass that on to one of my buddies. And I was, like, kind of sad, a tear coming down my eyes. You know, I'm like, this guy's out there enjoying the movie that I should be watching. But I'm excited to watch this film. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I mean, what do you are you a fan of this kind of genre? Are you interested in seeing it? Yes, I love all the Marvel movies.
1: Uh, I'm not as big of a fan of the DC franchise. I think they've kind of you know they haven't done as good of a job. But I love the Marvel franchise, and I actually have tickets to go see Wakanda Forever tonight. Uh, oh, nice. so I'm really excited to go see that. We got, uh, and this is for all Spurs fans. Actually, anybody. You don't have to be a basketball fan, but if you get the Alamo Draft House season pass, it's a monthly pass. It's like $15 a month, and you get to see one movie a day. Every, You know, that's, wow. I think, a great deal. Obviously, you have to pay, like, the service fee for your ticket, so it's like $2 if you go see a movie. But if you go see, like, three movies, it already paid for itself because a normal ticket there is like $16. So I'm really excited. We're seeing it with the season pass. I still have tried not to, like, kind of check into the trailers too much because I don't want to see who, who the new Black Panther is yet. I just want that to be a surprise. But yeah. I'm really, really excited for this movie tonight. Um, So, I, I, I honestly, I can't wait to go check it out.
0: Yeah, just make sure you stay after the film. I've been told <laughs> that there's a post-credit scene, like always, you know. So. I always
1: stay for the post-credit scenes. Yeah, I never leave you. I'm sitting, sitting there until I get my post-credit scene.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm trying to stay off social media as far as not trying to see any of those spoilers. I don't want to be told nothing. I don't want to (laughs) see the video. I don't want to see any, I want to be surprised, you know, especially for this uh, type of film, you know, because they are going to honor the late Chadwick Boseman. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of of crying in the theater, you know, from what I've been told. So I want to experience it for myself. So me and you are both excited about seeing this movie on the weekend. So, I can't say enough good things man i'm just so excited (laughs) about checking it out and also the other thing that we're going to go ahead and mention as we finally bring this show to a close is john wick chapter four the trailer dropped and i'm a big fan of john wick you know even my kids like watching john wick i'm looking forward to it man it looks really good i'm excited i don't know if you're a fan of john wick you really care about these kind of actions movies with keanu
1: I haven't actually seen any of them except for the last one in which he fought Bobon in the library. Oh, uh, that's yeah. the only one I've seen. So I was kind of like, you know, a little bit confused because I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. Not that you necessarily need to watch the first two movies to really know what's going on. They're action movies. You can kind of pick them up as they go. But yeah. I definitely want to go back and watch the first two. And uh, I want to try to get out and see the fourth one. I just haven't seen all of them yet. But I definitely want to check this movie out, especially like I said. I got that pass. I might as well take advantage of it. It's going to be in the, you know, draft house theaters. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about the franchise, but I love a good action movie. So I'm definitely going to check it out.
0: Yeah, it's a good action movie. You go back and watch the the first two. They always have them, though, like on the weekend. I always see them popping <laughs> up. You know, I have direct TV stream and you see them on. I don't know what it is. I think it might be Paramount or something like that. The network that they have or even sci-fi. I know they do their trilogy, you know, where they play the, the first three. That first one, man, that one will surprise you, especially if you're an animal lover, dude. Oh, I know, I, cool. know, I
1: know what happened. Yeah, I know what uh, happens, why he goes on his, uh, you know, like revenge tour, so to speak. Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, and I definitely want to see it. So I'll have to check them out, especially before this fourth one comes out, because they're not that long.
0: Yeah, I-, I felt like somebody kicked me in the stomach, dude, when I first saw it. I was like, no, why? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that
1: to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's cruel. Yeah, I know. I've got to prepare myself for that. I know all about the dog, yeah. unfortunately.
0: So that's that's the end of the, the <laughs> topics that we have for the two shots podcast for today's episode. We don't want to make Noah cry and I'm not going to get misty. <laughs> either. So as we start bringing this thing to a close, Noah, do you have anything you want to go ahead and share with us that you're working on or you have coming through the pipe here?
1: Yeah, so I've went ahead and completely gone full steam ahead on the YouTube channel again. I'm doing two film studies a week. I try to get one in on Monday. I try to get one in by Friday. I won't have one out today, but you can check out my film studies. I've done ones on Charles Bassey, Romeo Langford, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell. So check those out. But yeah, you can find my work at Pounding the Rock. You know, I, I do a lot of stuff for them from previews to analysis, recap, final scores, everything in between. And then you can also check me out on Twitter. You know, I guess as long as Twitter is still here, (laughs) it's N underscore Magaro, M-A-G-A-R-O. But again, Joe, I just really appreciate you bringing me on here. I always have a blast talking basketball, non-basketball with you, anything. It's just always a pleasure to hang out with a friend and
0: have good discussions. Yeah, man, likewise. I look forward to you coming back to San Antonio so maybe we can go out and (laughs) grab a burger or something and we invite Mac, you know, because he's just a stone's throw away from us. So it'll be fun to catch up. (laughs) So for Noah Magaro, George, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for watching and, and listening to another episode of the Two Shots podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace.